Right, we are well into 2020 now, Jojo. Yeah. How's your New Year's resolutions coming along? Um. Right, well, I've got a theory about this. Oh, okay. It's your fault that all of my um, New Year's resolutions never work. Right. Do you want to know why? Come it on. is all your fault. <laughs> okay. It's because, what are the standard New Year's resolutions? So, you know, be healthier, yep. give up drink, dry January is a huge thing, save mm -hmm. money. Um, when's your birthday? January. <laughs> exactly, so I can't save money because we always go somewhere yeah. and drink copious amounts of alcohol, so I can't give up alcohol. Ah. It's not particularly healthy unless you count dancing till 3am as healthy. Um, so you ruin all of my potential So every year resolution. you make the same resolutions knowing for a fact that unless you and I fall out you won't meet them anyway. I Would just don't make them. I was because it would an option not be to come up with resolutions that were go on, you know, give me another resolution. <laughs> well, Drink do you, more. What, <laughs> do you just not make resolutions? I don't know, not really. What I did this year was waited until the 18th of January and did a dry month of alcohol. But I had to wait till after your birthday, so it wasn't really a New Year's resolution. Oh, are you in the middle of a dry month of alcohol? And I no, didn't I know finished, this. I finished it. It's not the 17th of February yet, so it can't well, be a month. <laughs> I'm breaking it on Saturday, so it was oh. four weeks. Oh. So that's all right. Oh, well that's done. Good, isn't it? I know, yeah, you look really disappointed and I don't know why. I feel shocked that you've gone through a dry month without me even noticing. It's all right, you've drunk for both of us. <laughs> that's why I didn't notice. <laughs> um, I was have just, you made any Well, I was just trying to look at mine, yeah, because I had wrote them down. They're not all podcastable. Oh, interesting. Are... I want... Just let me have a look. One thousand k run across the year. I think I'm not actually doing a one thousand <laughs> kilometer run. That's how many miles is that for old people like me? Well, five k is about three miles, isn't it? So five hundred yeah. k is about three hundred <laughs> miles. So six hundred miles. Yeah, across the year, so I wanted to run about 20 kilometres a week on average. And then one was holiday-focused resolutions and travelling with a little right. one. So I still want to do that. But then, yeah, like you said, a lot of the time, I think people spend a fortune over Christmas. You just start to think, I need to get my finances order, I need to do some savings. And that's one that I used to do quite regularly. Apparently, there's a stat that about nearly three quarters of people make a New Year's resolution around savings and around mm. money and around kind of changing their habits. How many of those? three quarters you reckon stick to it oh very few i'm also a bit contrary in the sense of you know if i want to make a resolution i'll make it whenever i want which is why i've done the 18th don't you tell me it's dry january i'll do half dry january <laughs> half dry february thank you very much don't you tell me when to be healthy <laughs> yeah just contrary <laughs> i know yeah i don't like to be told what to do so i don't like to be told on new year's eve i have to make a choice because i did actually think this year you know i maybe do drink a little too much so on new year's eve i was thinking yes you're right everyone else was talking about the resolution I can do this. You know, I can drink less. I was absolutely palatic by two o'clock on New Year's Day. <laughs> so, you know, I worked well a good solid seven hours. <laughs> if anyone's like that with money, then you're not saving much. <laughs> you're only saving for seven hours. For seven hours. <laughs> I'm like, saving's done. Fruit, i spend it. <laughs> New Year's Day sale. Yeah, so maybe not. This podcast is sponsored by The Art of Finance. We'll make learning the world of finance interesting, modern and fun. Do you have any money-based resolutions? Do you try to save more? I haven't this year. Mine used to be, they used to be more around clearing off the debt, clearing mm. off credit cards, getting rid of loans. 
in December, I don't know if I've told you this, I made my last ever payment oh, off of the loan that I took out when I started the business. So that was 10 years ago. 10 years, yeah. So that kind of finally went off. So it's nice to not have just debt kind of yeah. coming out every month. Because I think, I'm sure a lot of people have it as well, but you get to the point where your income comes in and the vast majority of it just goes on paying debt. Like, yeah. You don't then have the money to spend anything because your money's gone on paying debt on stuff that you bought before. Yeah. And then most of the time you would look at it and you'd be paying off your credit card each month and thinking, I don't even know no, what, what I bought. Yeah. Absolutely no idea what I'm paying for now. Yeah. But because I'm paying for it, I can't afford something else this month. So now that'll go on the credit card. And well, yeah. It just becomes a vicious circle. So for a few years, mine was to clear off like my credit cards and my loans and stuff. So I got now. Yeah, mine was unintentional this year, wasn't it? So you know how. <laughs> January is about 17 yes. weeks long. January is just the worst month. And we get paid on the 28th. So I got paid on the 28th of December, which is normal, and then had to wait seven and a half months to be paid on the 28th of January. <laughs> and then went on and thought, you know, do what I normally do. I'll pay some money off my credit card and then accidentally just wasn't concentrating and just paid my full balance of my credit card just clicked full balance and paid the lot so really it was good because that's how you should do it you should always only have enough short-term debt that you can just pay it off but damn you called them as well didn't you and asked them to send it back and he said no (laughs) no it's not how credit cards work We just transfer it backwards and forwards between us. Um, I've made a little mistake. And they were like, I meant minimum payment. So, you know, finance, yay! Have you got savings? Yeah, I've got a few bits of savings. I'm I'm a good short-term saver. Yeah. I'm notoriously short-sighted. I wear these like jam jars, but I've got very <laughs> short-sighted vision. So I'm really good at saving for things that I want. So, right. you know, this year I've already booked two holidays for myself, which had to be paid off by February. And a holiday for Lennon for his 21st, he's gone to Milan. And I'd saved and I knew that I had the money for that. Yeah. But then long-term savings, I, honestly, I am pretty poor at it. You know, like I pay into my pension. And I know you asked when we did the will one, do you have an ISA? And I don't, because generally I'm a short-term saver. Yeah, I keep, yeah. I do keep a couple of thousand for emergencies, yeah. which I'm very aware probably isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. But it's more than I want because actually anything more, I just... I want to go on holiday. I'm very, yeah, I just, what do you call it when you, is it hedonistic? I don't know. I just like to live in the moment. Yeah. You never know what's going to be around the corner. And I know it's really bad financial advice, but it's no, just it's the way reality, I isn't it? I think it's a balance as well, because that's it. You don't know what's around the corner. So you mm-hmm. could go at the extreme of just squirreling away and saving and saving and saving and never kind of spending and living. And I did read a stat somewhere that said that for 22 and 29 year olds, you know, they're the worst at saving. So that's probably my issue. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think that it's in the same way that I don't have a will, I thought about this afterwards, it's because I always think it's something I'll do when I grow up. And I haven't really grown up yet. Like, I think, you know, I'm 40 soon. And I think, oh, you know, when I'm 40, I will start growing up and I probably will have long-term savings and I want to do that. But at the minute, no, you know, I still feel 22 and I want to just go out and have fun and (laughs) not have long-term savings. And I know it's it's very rubbish, but it's just the way I am. Well, there's a stat that says 15% of British people have no savings at all. You're a good saver, though, aren't you? You've always been a good saver. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I am a squirreler. Probably since I cleared off my debt... My default is to squirrel away all the stuff that I want to save and then spend everything that's left over and then you can kind mm. of spend, spend that yeah. guilt free. But like you say, it's like, it's how much do you have? How much do you keep in savings? I 
I remember the first time I felt like I wasn't caught in this cycle of hand to mouth. Yeah. Which was the first time my boiler broke and instead of having my usual meltdown, what am I gonna do? I can't go up with this. It was probably like two hundred pounds to fix it. But until that point, anything Where going wrong, you, you were just like, can't, I haven't got £200, I haven't got savings, you know, there's, it's hand to mouth. And I remember my boiler breaking and thinking, oh, all right, I can actually afford to get this fixed. And that relief, you don't need like millions in the bank to feel rich, mm -hmm. to be able to deal with that kind of these short term things that crop up. Emergencies. And the emergencies, yeah. And not to have to deal with them with loads of stress and not to get into mm -hmm. panic mode. Like that genuinely, oh, I've never no, felt yeah. richer than that. Then, yeah, for the sake of a couple of hundred yeah, quid. Yeah. Um, I know, well, because of my circumstances, the way, you know, I got pregnant really young and we had nothing. Michael was an apprentice. He literally had £60 a week and we had to have a house and the, ha the rent was £70 a month. So, you know, and yeah. I hardly earned anything. £70 a month. I know, so yeah. Old. I'm so old. <laughs> and, and I didn't mean month, I meant a week. <laughs> um, but yet still, I mean, I'm not actually from the 1800s. And um, he earned £60 a week. And he earned 60 I mean, I earned as well, oh, but right. not much. <laughs> so, I mean, this, I can tell you now those maths are not working out. <laughs> no, Oh, yeah, oh, it was a see why your problem. It was a struggle. We we ate a lot of egg and chips, so we did have that where we did live hand to mouth for a long time. And you know, I I mean, I always worked. We both worked, but we just never had money for luxuries. Yeah. And I remember exactly that the fear of yes. the car going in for its MOT yeah. and thinking, yeah. you know, if they say that it needs brake pads, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I just don't have the fifty quid to pull out, and exactly, just not yeah. having that. And and when you're in that situation, the thought of saving mm -hmm. is so far away from of kind course. of where you are. You're already. Yeah. Yeah, then, of course. Like I it's a vicious circle in itself because it's almost you need to be able to save to not be feeling in that situation, to not have that panic. But it does take a lot of years to, yeah, to yeah. come through that. It's not a short-term fix. I think it's difficult for people. We talk about emergency funds at work, that everyone should have an emergency yes. fund. It's usually about three times your monthly outgoings or three to six times. So by that logic, my £2,000 probably not going to be enough. No. But to me, it feels like an adequate amount. Maybe we could do, you know, like how you did my will. Maybe we should just do a savings plan for me. I feel like I should this just entire do... podcast just going to be me giving you financial advice. <laughs> I think it is. So were you always a saver or a squirreler as a child? Yes, I was always a squirreler. I made my own, couldn't afford a, a money box or like a savings box. I made my own money box just with like cardboard and then like folded it up into a cube and like duct taped it all Aww. and like cut a little hole in the top of the knife. So I'd save through that. And then I remember I walked past actually Darlington Building Society the other day and I remembered going in and getting my first little book, you know, and you would take yes. it in and like paying a fiver and they would stamp it. And so like I've always, always been like that. But it's funny, so I'm one of six, mm -hmm. and there's three boys and three girls. And my mum's always said, us three girls are exactly the same. We've always been that way. We've always wanted to, we've always saved and enjoyed saving and then kind of spent around it. Whereas the three boys, her phrase is, they'll never have any money in their pocket as long as they've got a hole in their ass. <laughs> <laughs> which is forever presumably and my mum's the same as the boys so there's very there's this big clear divide between the people who if you gave them money tomorrow they would still be skint the next day like mm. it, it's not about their inability to get the money it's they have to spend it as soon as they've got it they have to spend it whereas with me and my sisters we're very much 
you get it in, mm-hmm. squirrel away what you want, and then kind of go and spend the rest. Mm-hmm. I just think there's something about the way people are wired as well. I do, and I think I've spoken about this um, with my husband before and with my friends and things, and it always seems to me that the best marriages are the people where one person's a saver and one's a spender because, yeah. you know, you can kind of carve it out and you can still have fun, but you do still have, you know, money to fall back on, whereas me and Michael are both spenders. <laughs> Michael, um, if he's getting a bonus or something from work, has spent. We joke about it all the time. He's had. He's, he's got gone. it spent three times yeah, before, before he's even got in. it. Yeah, yeah, that's my mum. He's spent it four times. He's like, well, we could just do this, and we need a new mattress, and oh, I need a new washing machine. I'm thinking you're only getting fifty quid. <laughs> he's spent <laughs> it four times. Do you remember the thing with my mum and that inheritance? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a letter saying you've got a great great aunt um, that you've never met off of years ago, and we can't find any other family, and kind of you and your cousins in Birmingham. There'll, there'll be some sort of inheritance. It's not a big estate. And mum was just out borrowing left, right and centre, going, oh, I've got this inheritance. massive inheritance. And by the time it came, I think she'd borrowed like four grand and it was two grand. <laughs> she was just like, oh, oh no. Um, but your mum is just absolutely generous to a fault in that respect. Well, this is it. Because do you Same remember the, when yeah. she won that local lottery and the yes. woman came around to drop the money off and she gave she 50 gave it back? back. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is, I mean, she can't keep money and it's not that she spends it on herself. Yeah, it's like, no. oh, I always think like with her and my brother, you know as soon as they've got, come into money because you get treats like they're, yeah. they're kind of there immediately spending on you which is lovely they're very generous but it's it burns a hole in the pocket they can't, yeah. they just can't I wonder if um, that's a thing because that's me so I used to work two jobs when I was at college and I remember my very first pay packet I got £100 and bearing in mind it cost me about 20 quid to get there so you know I had like £80 left and I went out on the very first day as soon as I got it I went straight to Argos and bought my brother a Game Boy for £70 and gave him it and I was like just oh over the moon that I could just do it and like that was my very first pay Aww. packet my very first pay packet I went to the market and bought a big Motorola mobile phone but then couldn't afford any credit for it <laughs> just walking around like a yuppie just like a giant yuppie and um, yeah so it was it wasn't long after I started working that I got my mobile phone and I remember my mum saying to me what a waste of money what an absolute waste of money. Why they won't on earth, catch on. They won't catch on. Why on earth would you pay? And it was £70 a month for like a Nokia, but you know, the front and back change colour. Um, it was it was state okay. of the art. It had, it had apps on it. Stopwatch. <laughs> calculator. No, I don't even think it did have a calculator on. Um, I don't even think you could text on it. Yeah, I think the thing with saving, isn't it, that it... It just seems like such a dull thing to do. Like I said, there's so many other things that you could be spending your money on. I just and think in this day and age as well, everything's so instant. Credit's so easy to get, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's so cheap as well. If you want something, you don't think I have to save to get that something. I can, I want a car, I can go and kind of get on finance and that'll be really cheap. Or I'll just go and take out a loan or a credit card and I can get things. But I think the point with saving is it's for the unforeseen stuff. It's not because you yeah. want to buy things. It's the boiler breaking, it's the car going, it's mm-hmm. redundancy, it's these things that can happen. That what are you trying to say? You ne- <laughs> I'm just letting you know, that? Joe, these things can happen to some Whoa. people. <laughs> but I think that's the point. You know, like we were saying, it's the peace of mind when something happens that you're not then rushing out to scrabble around and find a new loan mm-hmm. to pay something off or how to deal with it. It's kind of getting that savings, not just to, to buy more things in future, but mm-hmm. to be able to sleep at night. I get it, because it's not its not a sexy thing, is it, savings? It's not glamorous, it's not exciting. It is, mm. psychologically, I think, quite hard to wrap your head around getting a lump of money, leaving it in an account and not touching it. OK, so saving's important. What's the steps? How do we kind of get into it? What's the well, best way to approach it? I would guess, number one, 
Look yep. at your debt. Certainly have a look at what interest you're paying on your debt yep. because essentially that's lost money. Look at your debt with the highest interest. Yes. Those are the things you need to pay off first. So yep. literally look at what card or what loan that's got the highest interest rate yep. that needs to be paid off first. Yeah, there's no point there's having a thousand pound on a credit card and you're paying 20% interest on it, mm -hmm. but then continuing to pay that and separately trying to put a few hundred pound a month into a savings account and only getting 2% interest on it. And I would say as well, one of the ways that I got out of my credit card debt was by doing credit card transfers and making the most of those 0% options. Last time I did one, they'd started to change it. Now, it used to be really easy. You could transfer 0%. Then it got to, you paid a fee to transfer to mm -hmm. get 0%, but it was still worth paying that fee. As long as, big, 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 big caveat, you then cut up the previous card. Because yes. transferring to a 0% then going, oh, now I've got two. Yeah. <laughs> and spending them all. <gasps> Not good advice. No. But doing that... And and then kind of having a plan in place where you're you're repaying it and exactly that you're not mm -hmm. chucking money on interest in one area while trying to save in another area for less interest. Mm. It's interesting what you're saying about that about interest um, because it's absolutely fine. <laughs> interest, interest interesting. Interesting. It is <laughs> having a not percent credit card is absolutely fine if that's your emergency fund really essentially if you've got no savings because you're paying off of the debt yeah, yeah. but you do have money available Something if you, you had absolutely to. needed yeah. to ideally you'd have savings but if you didn't that's your second best option yeah because not percent interest you're only paying back what you've borrowed yes um so for example you've got a credit card with a thousand pound debt on it if it's not percent you pay a hundred pound a month you've paid that off in 10 months it's that simple yes if it's 30% interest yes. and you're paying £100 a month, yes. you're actually only paying off 70 quid a month. Yep. So it's going to take you almost twice as long to pay that off. It's going to take you over a year. So that's step one, yep. I would suggest. So once you've got no short-term debt or, you know, very little, what you were paying off from your credit card, so if you were paying £100 a month, yep. you aren't missing that money because you never had it, essentially. That's it, exactly, yeah. Redirect that into a savings account. It's that, isn't it? It's automating it. So it's, yep. it, it comes into your bank account and it goes out before you even see it. It's mm -hmm. a standing order. It goes into an account. So, you know, I've got, like, the world's brightest bank card, my Monzo, Monzo card. Yeah. So Monzo, they're not the only ones that do it. I think quite a few do, where they round up your purchases. Yep. So if I buy something that's £19.90, it takes £20 out and takes that 10 pence and puts it into another account mm -hmm. and it does that all the time it rounds it up and it took me a while to get used to it when I first would go into my Monzo app and would go oh that was 10 pound that was 20 pound these are all really weirdly round numbers and eventually works it out but I had a look at it yesterday and I've had that card probably a year now and just from it rounding up pennies literally pennies I had 291 pounds and three pence Wow. That it's put away into a savings never account. Noticed, so yeah. I've got literally almost it's the equivalent of, you know, when you used to have copper just lying mm -hmm. around your house and you chuck it into a big plastic bottle. <laughs> when Michael comes in drunk, which is quite often, right. or at least once a week. Yes. And this isn't wrong and this isn't unethical. So when he gets into bed and he's chucked his jeans on the floor, I'm just tidying up, but I will pick those jeans up by the leg. And anything that falls out is then floor coin. And floor coin, by the rules of Bagsy, is whoever finds it. So that floor coin <laughs> goes in my purse and, you know, that might buy me, like, coffee or I might buy something for the kids and sure. buy chocolate buttons for the kids. Did you just have, like, one of those? And I don't know why it was always, like, it was a, a huge, massive plastic bottle. Where, like, of, like um, Bell's whiskey or something. <laughs> like, who's drinking that much whiskey? Oh, no. So I always had these huge bottles to put all the That's coin why in. You needed them. Yeah, I know, with, yeah. like, a slit in the top, but, like, yeah. a giant... Where did people get those giant bottles? No idea. Bottles? There was always, always one in the corner oh, of the well, living room. Oh, one for retro. <laughs> yeah. 
imagine carrying that into the bank and going, can you cash this in? But that was the same concept, wasn't it? It was the shrapnel that was lying around, yeah, fell exactly out of people's pockets. Just, all right, yours is a bit more modern. But now it's 2020 and it's the same thing. But I think it's important that it can be as simple as those pennies. So now look and go, I've just got £300 that, you know, mm. it was nothing. It was no effort. I've missed not a penny of it of at any not, point. Yeah. And like I say, if separate to that, you then set up a standing order. So it kind of, even if it's 50 quid a month, 100 mm. quid a month, it comes out, you know, kind of goes into your bank and has gone back out before you've even looked at it. And what you really ideally want is a savings account that you can't keep going in and looking at because you almost don't mm -hmm. want to tempt yourself. You want to forget that it exists and just yeah. let it sit over there. So I guess number two is then saving. So you would redirect a direct debit that you've been using to pay off your debt or rounding up like we've talked about. Yeah, or both. Oh, yeah, or both. And actually, if we tie it back in with what we were talking about New Year's resolutions, people talking about saving, if you've given up drinking, um, how much did you spend a week on alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Redirect that money because if you don't redirect the money that you've previously spent, goes, it goes. It? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of employers will do saving plans themselves where they can pull money from the wages. You could create a savings club. You don't need to be complicated. And I just had a flashback to a savings club that I was in in Royal Mail. I'm sure it was set up as a Christmas savings yeah. club. So, you know, you went in every week and you gave them five or a tenner and stamped it in a book again. <laughs> so <laughs> <Books> and stamps. <laughs> um, and I'd gone and begged the guy I was going on holiday I think in like the August or September remember the guy was called Alex who was in charge of it and he was very stern and I was like please 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 I know it's supposed to be for Christmas savings but I've got no spending money for holiday I've managed to like get this cheap deal but I've got no spending money please can I have it and eventually he gave in and let me and he was like don't tell anybody else you know this is not the way it's meant to work blah blah so I took that money went into town bought some shoes for holiday <laughs> Went into the post office and changed what there was into, I was going to say euros, but I think it was like, I think it was pesetas. Ancient. <laughs> changed into pesetas, got home, unpacked my shoes, la la la, got on with my day. Next day, went to start packing, went to get my pesetas and they were in the carrier bag that my shoes had been in that I'd put in the bin the day after and the bin men had taken away <gasps> and saved no, all that's year. awful. Got them and binned them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Technology will stop this from happening. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that's awful. I know. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. So actually, us sorry, not that was cash just money <laughs> is probably the best thing. You know? It was just a little savings flashback, right? So we've paid off debt. We've redirected money that was going out anyway. We're using a bit of rounding up, so that's kind of putting cash to one side. What's the initial target? How much are we aiming for? Well, you should always have at least one month's outgoing. Yeah. Or enough to make sure you're covered for your boiler if you haven't got insurance for it. Yeah. Or make sure you've got enough if you've got your MOT or something that might be big. What if your washing machine went tomorrow? What yeah. would you do? Yeah. That kind of thing. So it should always be at least one month's outgoings. At a minimum, I would say a £1,000. Yeah. Okay, so say you've, you've done it, you've been rounding up, you've redirected, you've saved up a month's worth of outgoings. You're carrying on saving, because like three months is kind of the recommended, really, minimum, isn't it, yeah. ideally? But then something does happen, and you need to dip into it, and you're almost all the way back. You're having yeah. to kind of replenish it again. So it's not a... It's not kind of a quick fix. If, you, if you're earmarking £100 a month to go out somewhere, be expecting that to be the case for the foreseeable future Forever. because you might need to dip into it. And if you don't, then actually mm -hmm. you want to be building from that one month's worth of savings to three months because yeah. you're needing this pot of money either because something's gone wrong, it's broken and needs fixing, or because your income stops for some reason, mm -hmm. redundancy or ill health. But those are two very different things, aren't they? So you've got your, your emergency fund, you've got your savings, mm -hmm. and your boiler goes. So you dip into it and you pay for your boiler and you go, great, and then 
you kind of you're still earning, so you can build it back up. Mm -hmm. But what if you're made redundant? Then your car and breaks. Then your car breaks. You, you haven't got the you're needing that money to replace an income and to kind mm -hmm. of deal with things. So I think, yeah, I think kind of getting that that thousand pound or one month sort of outgoings as a starting point is good yeah. but that shouldn't be seen as the end point it's kind no, of an ongoing thing ongoing to build thing. up so whatever you do for savings it's a mindset of you forget about it yeah so yeah, that money is yeah. not yours in yeah. the same way that you pay tax yeah you know it's all right you might say i earn two thousand pound a month but actually you don't because some of that's for tax and yeah. you know you don't even see that it's gone it should be the same with your savings absolutely forget about just it think about it's the a continual net thing so i guess it's that. knowing yourself as a person too because if you're like me and you like the idea of a book and a stamp and that kind mm -hmm. of manual process of saving you know you might be a creature of habit and you might get those little hits of joy every time you see that you've kind of reached yeah. a certain level but if you know you're not that person and you know you're a spender then actually it is about the automating, it is about just Absolutely. taking that option away from you, having it happen, not being able to see that money appearing. So it's almost, there's different ways to approach it and you need to know who you are, what's going to encourage you to stick with it and what's going to stop you from dipping into what it. you've, yeah, and kind of ruining it. Although I am a spender, I am easily motivated by winning. I'm very competitive. So when I did finally get to the point where I could start saving, it did motivate me. The yeah. more I saved, yeah, yeah. it became almost like a competition the same way with you, where you're always pushing yourself to run or, you know, if you're losing weight, once you start to see results, yeah, yeah. it pushes you to go further. It does, yeah. It's, it's a positive feeling. Is it, it is, that's the thing. Nice. It might be tricky to think about saving at first and you might yeah. be thinking, oh, it's really boring to do. But then once you start to get that buzz from going I've taken some control of my finances and I've protected myself so how do you get started then I think as well there's something about making a very conscious decision that you want to do this I think it could be a case of earmarking say six months where you just know you're going to really 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 tighten your belt and it's mm -hmm. not going to be a very fun six months but almost you're reversing what you've done thus far in your life to what you'll do thereafter and six months and in the grand scheme of things isn't a huge it really time. isn't and to get to the end of the six months and have cleared off an expensive debt and to have pulled a bit of a savings together you'll have found whole new ways to kind of mm -hmm. budget and to save these 10 pounds a week here and there and knowing after that you'll get back into kind of living the life that you were living yeah. but not debt laden and actually mm -hmm. with some kind of savings behind you. So I think it's making those kind of smaller decisions but wanting smaller that overall changes. bigger change to happen. Absolutely. I actually really like that idea, you know, short term pain, long term gain of yeah. just really concentrating on it for six months. Yeah. People do that all the time. They'll turn for a marathon yeah, yeah. or, you know, they'll lose weight for a holiday or yeah. they'll save for a specific thing for Christmas or something like that, which shows you can do it. Yeah. So I actually really like the concept of that six months. Just gives you the focus oh. as well, doesn't it? If you've mm -hmm. got, if every single year in January you're thinking for a New Year's resolution, I'm going to be better with money this year, but it's very generic and then there's a party comes up or there's a pair of shoes you want to buy or Somebody's things just keep happening. Somebody's <laughs> And you just get swept along and then you blink and it's the end of the year and it started again. But actually to just carve out a six month block and, you know, it doesn't have to be January to June. You could do a Joe and make it an awkward, you know, March to September. It can be whenever you want. And think, yeah, it's annoying that I won't go on holiday, um, which I normally would. Or, yeah, it's annoying I won't have as many nights out with my friends as I normally would. But for the sake of those six months, almost, to me, it's almost like slamming the brakes on the path that you, you're on yeah. and just hitting reverse and kind of getting mm. back and, and just making that step change, which could take you years to do otherwise if you're just waiting for 
earnings to creep up to a certain mm -hmm. level that you think would make saving easy. Do you know what it's almost a bit like? Couch to 5k, if 5k Ooh. was 5,000 as opposed to 5 kilometres. Nout to 5k. Nout to 5k, <laughs> love it. And um, because that's exactly what it is, and the whole point of that is it's habit building. Exactly. So yeah. once you get yeah. to five k, you don't go. All right, that's it. You I'm stop. never running exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah, you've hit your five k, and then you carry on running because that's become a thing. Ten k. It's become do. something that you're enjoying as well, yep. and you're finding it. It's part of that's your everyday life. It's what you're doing. No, no, to five k. <laughs> Love it. Nailed it. <laughs> So today we're talking with Brendan from Husky. Brendan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the company and what you do in finance? Yeah, hi, Brendan Shanks. I've been in finance for sort of 25 years and the CEO of Husky. Husky is an auto-enrolment platform or workplace pensions platform that helps companies choose, set up and run their pensions. And where we're trying to develop into is trying to help the individuals, the mass market, understand much more about where their workplace pension savings are going and how saving into those can make a big difference to their long-term wealth. If you could explain your actual job in finance in 10 words or less, how would you describe it? It's difficult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's two. <laughs> You've only got eight left. So I guess as the CEO, I look after my team, I raise money from investors and I sell our product. What about when you meet somebody at a party for the first time? What's the, the kind of angle? Do you, do you talk about, do you mention pensions and watch them fall asleep or do you kind of try and avoid <laughs> the P word? I, I usually <laughs> say I'm, I'm a reformed banker and I've oh. left banking to, you know, be a better guy and I now run a software business. Ah. <laughs> um, I do want to pick your brains a little on auto-enrollment just because I think a lot of people go to work and they say, this is your benefits package and they start a new job and this is your salary and we pay 5% into a pension and it's through auto-enrolment but I think a lot of people don't actually know what it is they're paying into and, and what that means and um, so if you could just jag and free <laughs> talk a little bit about what auto-enrolment is. Yeah auto-enrolment was legislation brought in by the government to force people to save in essence but really I think large companies have been paying into pensions for a long time and, and have you know very good pensions in the UK. It was the sort of 80% plus of SMEs that didn't have anything that really got brought into this for the first time. We've been doing quite a bit of research for our app where we're going into helping the individual understand and it is actually extraordinary the lack of understanding like oh I didn't realise my employer puts any Thing in. So I think people who may have opted out don't necessarily realise or have had it explained. But that said, opt-out levels are a lot lower than anyone ever expected. So they're around 10 or 12%, and the government was anticipating kind of 30%. So it's been very successful on that front. And I think having very low contributions initially, people just did it. They didn't miss it from their pay packet. We moved to 8% total contribution as a minimum in April of last year. And again, expectation was, oh, this is going to affect my pay packet, so I'll opt out. And again, opt-out rates were very, very low. So I think it proves quite clearly that these forced savings regimes work because it's not like people don't want to save and don't want to have money in the future. They just obviously have a need today for that money. And until someone actually sits down and explains or, as you say, maybe does a podcast and explains or has a very simple video to explain that this is a legally enforceable pay rise and these are things, this is a benefit to you, a massive benefit, and this pot is building. And now over time, that pot will become important and it will then start to maybe get more of your concentration. But things like maximizing those benefits your employer is giving you some a lot of employers do more than minimums you know they they encourage you to take things like salary exchange and where you can actually have more in your net pay 
and more savings every month, it, it's hard to get your head around initially. And so we're trying to put a, an app and a calculator together so you can easily understand that actually I can save some money this month and I actually end up with more pain in my net pay. It's that, it is that understanding, isn't it? It's almost like saving the terminology of a salary exchange just sounds, you know, what, what, what am I giving up for it? We were talking about gamification, about apps, about, you know, using technology, about ways of just making it understandable to people. And if there is a, a simple calculator that says, I do this rather than this, and you can just see in pounds and pence what the difference is. What you said as well about just the automation. So we were saying, you know, you've got the apps where they round up the pennies. You know, if you buy something for 7 it'll put a penny away. And there's just something about that and when it's happening and you don't miss it, Joe's got this philosophy around how money isn't really real. It kind of comes into your bank account and then you can dish it out to your pension or your savings account and, you know, you, you rarely see it. Yeah, um, it doesn't really exist. <laughs> Spend all that money on the new £20 note and it doesn't exist. <laughs> but it's that, it's almost, once you strip it away and people have just got what's left, if the saving's done automatically for them, then that's fine, they'll kind of get on. But if not and you get 100% of your money in and then you have to have the discipline to go and put some in your ISA or your pension or whatever, then that's where it, it falls down because they say that they need that money there and then for something else there's always something that seems more urgent. Yeah, I was always shocked on a couple of levels. I think that actually finance is at its very heart, very basic and the products are extremely basic and they become complicated because of language and because I always struggled with investors to explain what we did and how we did it because people go, oh, you're a pension company? You know, we're, we help the employer, but how do you make money? How does it work? Talk about basis points. I mean, I said that to one investor and he basically kicked me out of the room because he didn't <laughs> know what a basis point was and he sort of said, what are you talking to me in language I don't understand? We, I don't... Of, we were chatting Latin earlier, weren't we? Just, yeah. Yeah. Why? Did they just, it's just add... all of this. It's, it's a bit like a lot of people don't understand or can't equate a percentage immediately. So as soon as you mention the percentage, they're lost. Throw in basis points, just forget about it. So for me, it's much more about trying to be pounds and pence and basic, simple premises. But interestingly, sorry, did you say that you that was a conversation with an investor as well? So this isn't, you oh, know, yeah. this is somebody who's presumably savvy, switched on, educated. Exactly. In a this, very... And even then, it's, it's off-putting as a, a language. Oh, the jargon. A yeah. very savvy, high net worth investor yeah. who just didn't want to talk in jargon. We've been playing around with calculators and how can we show this easily so you can really just go, actually, boss, can I have this? <laughs> and, and I think people switch off as soon as there's a, like, oh, this is going to cost me money. And, you know, they've changed salary sacrifice into salary exchange because people thought, oh, I'm sacrificing something. Whereas I think saying something as simple as your net pay will go up, your savings will go up. I think people still see pension contributions going out as an expense. Yeah. Rather than, exactly, it's free money. Actually, it's it's almost the rebrand needed on pensions, isn't it? Of you know, phrase that you used was going to your boss and saying, can I have this? People would traditionally think, OK, I have to spend that money on a pension, but you're not. It's, it's still your money. And actually, you're just getting a whole load extra added on by your boss, by the tax. and Yeah, being better paid and save more is just, I think, I don't know it's anyone win, who wouldn't win, take that it? deal. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of... What we're trying to do is get you to, to realise that saving £100 into a pension pot is probably £48 of a contribution by you and 52 from both your employer and the tax. Yeah, exactly, this is yeah. the best Who doesn't want the had. free money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're, when your net pay goes down by 48 I think that's what people focus on. Yeah, absolutely. So on a personal level, we were talking a little bit about pleasure now versus pleasure later. Um, are you a good saver? Were you a good saver as a child? No, I sh I'm a shocking saver. <laughs> um, and Same. Hence 
I think why Husky's trying to help because I'm just someone who wasn't saving. And I think back to this point about this paycheck where if we can circumvent pay from going straight to your bank account because it just gets spent in the bank account, you know, whether it can go to smarter savings products or nudging you into better decisions. So for me, as a rubbish saver, I felt the tools to do that, I needed that. I think for me, I left banking to kind of hopefully change the position that the mass market faced because there I was supposedly a you know well-educated finance professional and really had knew very little about my own personal finances, savings, pension, no clue. And I saw auto enrollment as this opportunity to try and help the mass market as opposed to people who are generally rich and... Do you think that's the answer then, this kind of forced saving? Or do you think if we rebranded it or if we educated people more on the benefits of saving now for your future, that would be enough of an incentive for people to want to save as opposed to being forced to save? I think there will be those people, but I think they're a small percentage. The, the, the good savers, if you like. I mean, they are people who are good at this and they do it every month. They do it religiously and they're wealthy and they do it for a long period of time. So they get the benefits. But that is small. I, I, whether, I don't know if the percentage, but if that's 10 percent, 15 percent of the population, I'd be surprised if it's that much. So I think we have to be innovative about how we help this 80 percent bracket to save better. And I think smarter ways to do that needs to be assisted by government, you know, provided they're done in controlled ways. I mean, the worst thing I think we can do is have high interest bearing loan products. They cost the mass market so much money. And it's it's a bit like where, again, I think the finance world is very unfair on the mass market, where the sort of worse your credit score is, the higher the cost. The very people who need lower cost product get penalised with the highest cost. It's natural because the risk is higher for anything I get from a finance perspective. And it's a ruthless world as well. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to lend you money if you're not going to repay it to me or, you know, that that concept. But if it can be controlled via paycheck in a, in a much smarter way, then I think there are innovative solutions. Whether that will drive the other 80%, I don't know. I think probably not. Um, but I think the key by having, say, auto-enrollment or enforced legislation is that this is just becomes automatic for you. Your first job, you started it, you saved. And then I think what we're seeing now is this move towards ethical or responsible investment. There's obviously a much bigger drive towards that in the sort of millennial or younger generation than was ever in, in my older generation where I, you know, it was much more returns orientated. Whereas, you know, whether you're going to invest in fossil fuels in your pension pot is now becoming a big deal. I believe some big sort of celebrity names are starting to get involved in a campaign to drive that message, what's in your pension pot. So I think things like that, that can be innovative and, and drive awareness for the individual. And then this very traditional concept that your employer chooses for you, your retirement plan is, is, is kind of for the birds. You might last in that employer five years or two years or 10 years, and you're somewhere else for another 30 or 40 or 50 years. Like, it, it doesn't really stack up. And, and for me, I think we should go to an open architecture world where you get to choose the plans that are the things you want whether that's cost, return, ethical, say, responsible investment schemes, whatever it is, or, or, you know, all of those things, you should have that option. And I think technology will bring that to the individual. That's been really, really interesting. Did you have any more questions? I'm just amazed that, um, being that you're from Dublin, you haven't made any Dublin your money jokes. <laughs> no, I was dying to. I was dying to say, oh, you're from that, the largest city in the world, aren't you? Because it just keeps Dublin and Dublin and Dublin. <laughs>
<laughs> dying to. I can't believe you. I knew you'd be thinking it's about Paddy's it. It's Paddy's Day next week. It's a bit early for this. No. Are you a Guinness drinker? I am. Yes. No, I I want to like it. You should yeah, try a little um, blackcurrant. Oh, Guinness it and black. It's quite interesting. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. I then. mean, that's, that's the biggest tip that we've done. If you really want to go and get the Guinness now. Thank you. That's brilliant. And that does us for another episode. Thank you again to the guys, Mark and Glenn from Second Draft, to our sponsors, The Art of Finance, to Naomi and Natalie who do our marketing, and to everyone at the Verve um, group for all of their support. Please follow us and drop us a line on Twitter at That Mint Podcast or drop us an email, hello at thatmintpodcast.co.uk. Thank you. Thank you. Party time. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, it wasn't as funny as I thought. It really wasn't. I mean, you bigged yourself up last night, don't freaking hell.